shit. Hello, this is Too Old for This Shit. Each week, we dissect, discuss, critique the best and worst action movies from the 80s and 90s. You're listening to the podcast that puts critical thought into a mindless genre. My name is Josh. Co-piling with me today is Antonio. Hello, everyone. Speaking there for the first time on this podcast. No, not the first time. <laughs> Just the first time today. First time today, yeah. He hasn't spoke the entire time. We came up, set up in silence, and now he's speaking. Now that yes. the microphones are I, on. Contractually, I only talk when the microphones are on. <laughs> he doesn't want to speak to me off mic. No. I could not could not think of anything worse. Yeah. Okay. This is a good movie day. What okay. movie are we watching? Le Femme Nikita. I, I don't know. I don't know if I should. Le Femme. Le Femme. It was Le Femme. I, I don't speak any French, but it's basically Nikita is what it's known by. Yes. It all Le Femme Nikita or uh, Nikita. Either way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's the same movie. <laughs> so um yeah uh made by Luc Besson probably like his first sort of action his first action film isn't it? Uh yeah I'd say that it'd be up there. I mean yeah like it's um. Like I was saying to myself before the <laughs> podcast started, yes, because we weren't talking, <laughs> we weren't about talking. This beforehand. No, no. is uh, the the first movie he made before this, or the movie that really made him big was uh, Big Blue or La Grand Blue, a movie about free diving starring uh, Jean Reno and Roseanne Arquette. But this movie is the movie that definitely made him. Yeah, we well, see. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this because I I like the transporter, some of the transporter films. Probably not all of them because they <laughs> just progressively get worse. Um, and also, you know, Fifth Element. I really want to see Valerian, but I haven't yet yeah. just because I think visually it's going to be Just visually crazy. you want to see Cara Delvin's eyebrows. No, I don't, don't <laughs> oh, want to okay. see her eyebrows. No, like there's the opening scene was put up on YouTube. Like they, they released it as a thing and it just looks so cool. But yeah, so, so I, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm really intrigued to see what 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 this film is all about. You haven't seen it before, no. Me neither. I've never. I've seen the American version. Ah. I've seen uh, I've seen Point of No Return with Bridget Fonda. Yeah, right. Okay, I didn't realize this is this is new territory for us. Yeah. So so I've 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 kind of know well, and also the well, we'll get into it more. But yeah, there was a couple property. This was this this movie was spun off in a few different directions. Yeah. several different times. But um, neither of us have seen this film. No. Um, yeah. But so in general. We see the part where I love these films growing up, and I wanted to share my love of them. I've never seen this movie, so Antonio is excited to see him for the first time. Blah blah blah, VHS, Blu-ray, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know that. But that's not the case here. No, we just, never seen we're it. Both seeing where we're we're versing ourselves in 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 the history of eighties and nineties action films. This was on our list, and it's our first foreign film. Yes, yes. Well, is it? Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, no, because I guess this thing it does have a French name, so I'm not. Sure, if it's going to be in French, but like, <laughs> well, you'll find out. <laughs> is it in French? Yeah, right. This is okay. a French movie. <laughs> okay. I don't because the thing I've seen a few Luc Besson films, and none of them are in French. It's based in Europe, sometimes oh. and very European, but yeah, right. Okay. True. I feel like a bit of an idiot now, but okay, whatever. Well, you, I'll just make sure I turn the subtitles on so you can understand what's going on. Okay, good. <laughs> Me, me too. I don't speak French either. So, no. anyways, okay. Well, let's uh, let's do this. Let's watch Nikita or La Femme Nikita. Non, prénom. Nikita. Va faire un sein pour la maman. Vous ne ressemblez pas à grand chose, jeune homme. Joséphine. Oui. Il existe un système code entre l'ambassadeur et ses gardes. Vous voulez lui parler Alors, vas-y, il est là. And we're back. Uh, bonjour. 
I, welcome. <laughs> See, despite seeing that film, I still couldn't speak any more French than I could before. Uh, yeah, me neither. I mean, the French sounded nice. French always sounds nice. But, it's uh, melodic. Yes. Um, should, we, should we go through the plot? Let's do we it. I can do it. So Le Femme Nikita is the story of, guess who? Nikita, a young junkie who kills a cop in a botched pharmacy robbery while in a drug haze. After being sentenced to 30 years imprisonment, her death is faked and she's recruited into a shady government hit squad. Her violent, erratic tendencies are useful and make her the right kind of dangerous. After three years of training by her handler, Bob, she is released and begins taking missions while living under a new name. She falls in love with a store clerk and they get engaged, but she is unable to fully commit to him because of her secrets. After a job trying to steal documents from an embassy goes bad, she comes into contact with Victor the Cleaner, who turns the embassy grounds into a bloodbath. Her fiancé reveals that he knows she's an assassin, but he's okay with it. The film ends with her running away forever. And Bob and the fiancé kind of going, oh, she's gone. Going, oh, she, she was so great. She oh, you wistful, you know, this yes. ending. It's, uh, and that's kind of the plot, right? It's, this really Pretty did, much it. Yeah. There's not. A, there's not a lot of. This plot. is not a complicated story. No. Not at all. Dare I, I dare I say a character, a very European character study? I was going to say it's a, like, yeah, it is. If you were to say I'm going to make a European action film, like the French cinema version of an action film, this is exactly what it is. Mm. Like to the like, obviously, it is a French cinema action film <laughs> but stylistically and and just in terms of tone and and just the way it decides to go about it is exactly what you would think i liked it just initial initial reactions i yeah. liked it luke besson you know showing that even in the early days he was an interesting filmmaker and yeah really really had yeah a unique eye for how he did this kind of stuff yeah the the first half of it or maybe in the first third i should say like i genuinely had no idea what was going to happen like you just yeah, you you actually thought of the whole film. You don't really know where it's going to take you at all. Yeah, and that's that that is that's a, that's that's a strong point of it, and yeah. it, it makes it unique. Yeah, they don't explain a lot. Very European in that sense. No, no explaining at all. Um, one thing I do need to initially I need to say is that because I had the, the Bridget Fonda remake, uh, Point mm. of No Return, yep. is so similar. I, I I actually felt like when we were watching this that I was like. I've seen this movie before, <laughs> right? Because there are like like the, the progression of events is literally the same, and it's it's pretty yeah. much the plot is pretty much the same. And I won't say it's a wow. shot for shot remake, but it's the progression and the simplicity of the story is is the same. Like yeah, it's, okay. they they don't really fudge much right. in the American remake. So I was there was parts of it was like. I've seen this. Like this is very familiar. Like because yeah, because that film's on our list. So. Yeah, I'm actually. I'd be interested to see the 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 differences. Maybe yeah, we should try and do it in close proximity and, okay. and do a good, uh, a comparison. Okay. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. that's initially all. It's yeah, a good a good. Um, but yeah, very much a almost a European character study. Not a not a popcorn movie. Yeah, which is interesting that you know when the film was released in America, it was released into art houses, and Besson mm. was not too pleased with that. He wanted it. He wanted it marketed as a general popcorn movie. Yeah. Despite, you know, in America, like that's very unusual. Like it's generally, you won't be getting French language films into cineplexes. No. Um, he, I imagine that, American audiences would not have the patience. It's not yet. the done thing. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, it's probably, it may be, this is a gross generalization, but it's, it's probably a oh, lot. Go to on. Ask. It's our podcast. <laughs> it's a lot. It's just us here, Antonio. No one's listening. <laughs> it's a lot to ask of someone who just wants to enjoy a film to 
it's to expect to have to read it, really. Like if you're, yeah, if you're, if you're going down to the cinema on a Friday or Saturday night and you're like, you want to go see a, see a film to, to take you away from reality, you don't want to have to read the subtitles about this junkie who, yeah, kills a cop and is supposedly put on death row and et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, you know, and, and also, and obviously as, the way, as we've already mentioned, the way it's made, it's very different to your typical popcorn. Well, I think we're halfway through the film before we get a set piece. It's almost it's yeah. all the 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 structure Apart from the opening scene. Oh, true. Okay, I take that back. The, yeah. Yes, the the opening scene, which is fantastic, by the way. We'll get into that later. Yeah. So, people involved, uh, obviously, Luc Besson, who we've uh, mentioned before. Yes. Wrote wrote and directed this film, right. which is uh, yeah, he moved his moved in later years. Although he did write, direct, and produce Valerian yep. more recently, he has transitioned to being more of a writer more. producer. Sort yeah. of type, uh, namely the Transporter series, also the Taken series. He is uh, oh yes, of course, the writer producer on those films. Yeah, and um, of course he directed uh, Leon the Professional, um, which is great. Which yeah, I have seen, and now having seen Nikita, they are very much companion films in the sense in that they're they're about the. It's not about the action; it's about the character and why they are amongst the action. Yes, both. Yes, very European character studies. Although Leon takes place in New York City, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. Well, yes. yeah, actually, I, well, it takes place in America for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, um, you know, Besson doing a really good job of uh, directing his wife at the time. Uh, and oh, right. Paul, I'm going to butcher this name, but Pariar, Pariard, Pariard. Your guess is a, as good as mine. Parliard would be the... An Anglo way to say it, but I, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. Okay. She was, but she was married to Besson at the time. Yep. She's a French actress. I I could have never seen her in. An, she did a few American movies, but I have not seen any of them. I'd never seen her before in a film. No, the only yeah, the only recognizable one for me was a guy who played Bob. Who I'm going to try his name. It's, Go for it. It looks like it's Checky Cario. Close enough, man. I, mean, I don't know. I'm, we apologize in advance yeah. for everything that we get wrong pronunciation wise. We are very sorry. Um, but yeah, so he. As, as we mentioned before we started recording, is always your generic evil European. Bad boys. He's, been, he's in the Mel Gibson movie The Patriot. Um, and yeah. he's in Goldeneye. Yeah, I, that's what I remember him from. He's he's uh, Mishkin. He's he, Defense Minister Mishkin from Goldeneye. Um, I think, yeah, that's yeah. I, his face was recognizable, and I think that was probably the, the most prominent thing. Yeah. Do you remember him in Operation Dumbo Drop? I remember Operation Dumbo he Drop. He was the elephant. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who's <laughs> the European elephant now? Just I feel like that's a. I don't know who, whether that offends Checky or the elephant. <laughs> Look, his his character was method acting. He got into. Right. He ate a lot of peanuts. <laughs> he was in the elephant. Yeah, he was in the elephant. <laughs> Stuck a feather in his nose. How did you get to Operation Dumbo Drop? How did we get there? Yeah, he was in that movie. He was. He was generally was in oh, that was movie. Oh, yeah, right. he's, he's not the. Uh, I don't remember. What, I can't remember what role he played. But, no, yeah. that's fine. No, I just, I just, Operation Dumbo Drop is just so far removed from anything <laughs> that we're talking about today <laughs> that I was just, but yeah, that makes sense. If it's, if it's, he's been in it. Yeah, no, he generally, he generally was in that movie. Um, uh, John Renault plays Victor the Cleaner, the guy who turns the embassy into a bloodbath at the end. Yeah. That's a, yeah, very small role. I mean, like, so Jean, Jean Renault is probably one of the biggest French actors around. Yeah. Probably behind like Gerard Depardieu. I would say, as far in terms of like, well, especially in the action film genre, I think yeah, there's sure. there's few others. I mean, besides Jean Reno, and he's and and he's probably yeah, he's one of the few French actors who is like really 
been immersed in in Hollywood, like been in a lot of Hollywood films. Sure, yeah, he has been. Um, yeah, Luke Besson, do yeah, but I want to say Anne Anne Poirier, oh, whoever she was, did a great job. Um, <laughs> just say Anne. Anne, Anne, Anne did a great. Nikita, the woman who played Nikita, did a yeah, great job. She was great. Um, and it, continuing a tradition of yeah, you know, fairly strong uh, female characters in. Uh, Besson's movies, uh, Natalie yeah. Portman and Leon is a really strong character. Uh, Mila Jovovich in Fifth jo- Element, Fifth Element, yeah, yeah. and uh, she's also well. This movie bombed, but um, his version of Joan of Arc, he did a Joan of Arc. Oh right, yeah, um, yeah, film, yeah. Which I, I actually never saw, but um, <laughs> I, I would imagine Joan of Arc a fairly strong yes. female character, probably. Yeah, you know, I One mean, think. I can say, I can, I can. F- Say without fear of contradiction that a movie about Joan of Arc probably features <laughs> a, movie a fairly strong female. We got a woman getting burnt at the stake. Yeah, I mean, look, it doesn't. Look, the story is not a happy ending. <laughs> no, you know, it's it's not. It doesn't end the way. It doesn't have that Hollywood ending. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but so, then again, neither does this film. So there you go. No, you know, it she doesn't. kind of just slinks away. Yeah. <laughs> One of the person involved too, uh, Jean Moreau. She's almost like the Dame Judy Dench of French cinema or like the oh, Hel- right. or the Meryl Streep of French cinema. Oh, she she the woman upstairs with the right, 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 okay. And that means that actually this film would pass the Bechdel test then because they don't uh, they don't talk about men. Yeah, but I guess they're not. Yep. So but yeah, Jean uh, Jean Moreau uh, was, you know, she was in um Truffaut movies uh she was in. I, I remember one thing. The one movie I really remember her in was the Michelangelo Antonioni movie La Notte. Um, cool, Marcelo. Great. <laughs> Luke, Luke Besson is about as European as I get when it comes to films. We're, <laughs> Sorry. We're, yeah, she's. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I love a lot of this. I'm such um, a philistine. The, uh, yeah, the, the those kind of. Yeah, it's, it's it's strange. It is kind of strange that I love. I both love '60s. European cinema, like Fellini and Bergman yeah. and Truffaut and Antonioni, and but also Hudson Hawk. <laughs> Never say an unkind word about Hudson Hudson Hawk. Okay, um, that is a masterpiece. That is up there with, you know, Citizen Kane. So, Josh, what did you like about this film? What worked for you? What I liked, first off, opening shot, opening scene. Yeah. yeah. Loved it. The blue. And and did yes. you notice they're dragging her to the pharmacy? That's well, because she's she's like just doped up and like she's on heroin yeah, or something. Yeah. I um you know, I really like the opening scene as well. Um and almost it I'm gonna say what worked for me and what didn't sort of in the one thing. I really like the opening scene and I feel like the way that was put together and uh, as you pointed out, the lighting and everything. The film never touched that for the rest of the, the rest of the film. Okay, so that's the high that's the high point. It, it, start- it wasn't necessarily the high point of the film, but like it set up this really cool visual style, and I don't think it ever got back to that. Yeah, you're right. It kind of deviates from that immediately after because because also so if you haven't seen the movie, um, opening opening scene is a bunch of junkies are trying to break into a pharmacy that yep. one of their dads owns to get some just get some, some to, to get some, them high to, to get them high and. But the, the pharmacy is washed in this really vivid blue light. The dad comes down with a shotgun. Yeah, but like upstairs where he's like, he's, he turns the light on and, it's, and everything's green. And then the cops that come and try and, you know, that Stop basically the respond robbery. to the scene, they put on night vision goggles and everything's red. And so this really interesting kind of messing with these primary colours throughout the scenes. It just looks really cool and moody. But then after that, everything just looks pretty conventional. 
for yeah, the rest of the film. Pretty washed, not washed out, but like no, it's just it's just general no, lighting. No, there weren't really any explicit color accents like that throughout the rest of the film. No, it is interesting, I, I, and it didn't occur to me until until we mentioned it. But yeah, yeah like it starts off really high. That's very highly stylized. Uh, yeah, gun battle. All these junkies have like weapons, and the dad has the shotgun. And actually, that I thought that was really cool too. Really interesting, mm. making the world smaller as opposed to like a random robbery of a random pharmacy. Yeah, it's actually you. well. There's a character connection there, and so that the dad's like, "Oh, son, you know, you're stealing from me." And then, <laughs> it's, then yeah, it's it, 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 it immediately shows you that, like, it kind of really, um, yeah, de- demonizes probably fairly. Their, their addiction it's like they're at the point where they are trashing yeah this guy's father's pharmacy so that they can just get high yeah one dude has an axe yeah and he's so just he's, swinging around like a maniac yeah so and then and then it goes into nikita like getting questioned by the cops and she sl- puts a pencil through a guy's hand and then when she gets yeah. sentenced by the magistrates like she goes crazy i mean she blows the guys before even the pencil like she blows the dude's brains out just straight up and she but it's never really i mean she's on she's not she's really doped up so it's not really clear that she understands what she's doing yeah because see he's she doesn't it doesn't seem malicious it seems like she's just unaware because the the other thing that was weird and i'm not sure whether it's something that worked or didn't was that for a good 20 minutes i was like why are we following her why is nikita important like I, I didn't understand until the government got involved. I was like, well, why, why are you showing me her? She's, she's this junkie who has just killed a cop in cold blood. Like I don't know why it's important that I know about her story. And, and it's never actually quite clear that if they are the government or not, it's, they True. seem to be cause he, cause Bob's, cause Bob says his opening line is like, let's just say I work for the government. It's never really uh, quite, quite clear, but this is the thing. And this is, this is to me, like, I like how they just throw her into situations and just to see if she can sink or swim. Like yep. when, so the, the day that she gets out of the training program, uh, Bob invites her to dinner at this fam- fancy restaurant and yes. gives her a present and it's a gun. He's like, you have to kill this person. Go to the, go to the men's bathroom afterwards. There's a window yeah, there's out a window. and the window is bricked up. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It almost, yeah. Whenever he gives her like a, br- like reaches out to her, there's, there's some kind of caveat. There's, there's something that ends up twisting back and, and, and making her retaliate in some way, which is which is interesting. I, yeah, I think that happens almost every time. And this is the very European sensibility of the film is like they, they, it's very underexplained in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like a lot of, we don't actually really know who she is aside from a junkie. Yeah, and we know that. And she's she extremely a, violent. Yes, and she has a mother as far as we can tell because in the, in the um, scene where they're supposedly executing her, she... Says, you know, why? Where's my mum? Why is she here? And they're like, she knows, or whatever. Whether or not that's actually true is a different story. So yeah, they fake Nikita's death and show her pictures of the tombstone and stuff. Well, although, well, see, so here's are the those thing. Faked? Yeah. Here's a thing that didn't work for me. Okay, as well, We're talking about the stories that, and we even said it in the plot. She's sentenced to thirty years, but then she's on death row. The next scene, and here's here's actually something really interesting to me. This is the one area where the American film is actually better. Because right. obviously the French don't have capital punishment, and yeah. America they do, and so the 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 conceit of her being executed actually 
fails in the original to me more and is better is more believable in the American version. It's one of the few, because that's yeah. it's the exact same, like that scene where Bob comes into the room and tells her, you know, you've, you're, you know, plot 13, row eight or whatever. Yeah. That is word for word, the scene <laughs> that happened. I think it's Gabriel Byrne is, the, is ah, Bob right. in the American yeah, one. Yeah. But like, that's exactly how it plays out. And that, that was one of the moments where I was like, this is, I've seen this before. Well, see, that's the thing. I haven't gone as far as you have and checked whether or not corporal punishment existed in France at the time. It definitely would not have. Right. So they, they eliminated that that's a, that's, years ago. That's a weird plot hole. It's very strange. Like why, if you're going to fake her death, why go through that execution process in the first place? They, they, they fake it. Uh, well, the, the dialogue in the movie, in the French movie, mm. is that she overdosed somehow or has some sort of heart attack complication because yep. of her drug withdrawal or something like that. So that's the, that's the excuse that they give. But, yeah, like... But the, the, the scene with her getting injected with whatever it is doesn't have to happen. <laughs> well, that, oh, sure. Yes, yes, I see what you're saying. Like, because it looks like they're executing her, but really what they're doing is putting, is, is, just putting is her sedating her, her yeah. so that they can take her to the facility. It's probably one of the only... One of the few blemishes in the film, but it's a big one, I feel like. But, you know, it's in the first 20 minutes. By that point, it's not really integral to what the film is about. No, and what another thing that worked for me is this is essentially, it, it plays with three-act structure, I would say. Like, it's essentially a two-act movie. There's yeah, right. her, I mean, you could kind of call it a three-act in the sense of her, like, the beginning being her as a junkie and getting sentenced before she goes into the facility and then the turning point being when she decides she wants to play ball and be an assassin. Yeah. But to me, it's almost a two act structure in the sense of everything leading up to the facility and then her getting out of the facility and leaving and li living as an assassin. Those yeah, are the right. two, those are the two acts. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, I would agree because I feel like her getting into the facility is still a part of the first act. It's like, we're still setting up the film at that point because really but yeah, all before that, you're setting up who she is and how she gets to where she's going to be. But the film is about how she becomes an assassin. So I think I would I would agree with you. It's it's yeah, that's more it's more of a two act film than a than a three act. The other yeah. thing that worked for me too, yeah, I, I think the the under explaining works for me. Um, yeah. However, there isn't much of a plot, and it's, there's this, there is times when it's style over substance. Yeah, which which parts in particular? The, some of the. Taekwondo sequences, you know, setting up how she like bites the Taekwondo, you know, sensei's ear and stuff like that. Like there's, but isn't, isn't, uh, but I think that is, it's to assist the under explaining because her biting, it just demonstrates how her unconventionality is why they have her there. Mm. Because yeah, the judo guy says, All right, I want you to hit me in the face. And she just immediately slaps him in the face and he doesn't do anything about it. And it's like, okay, we realize she is, Bob wants her in this program because she isn't what people are expecting. So I think, yeah, and same with, yeah, the biting of the year as well. It just goes that she's hyper-violent. This is, this is what she does naturally. So that's why she's there. Because that, yeah. that's the thing is like you read the synopsis for the film and they say, you know, hyper-violent dr uh, drug addict. But I don't think at any point does anyone say, oh, my God, you're so violent, which is, which is a line that you would have in a Hollywood film. You'd be like, that Nikita, she's fucking insane. No one ever actually says that. And this is the this is again going back to this is the European sensibilities of it, of it's very underexplained. Yep. Like she doesn't even know why she's killing some of these people. 
It's no. ne- it's like the first guy she has to assassinate um, in the um, in the restaurant. It's just not explained who he is. But this not. But that was a really good set piece. I thought this uh, that that was a good set piece. Um, but and uh, but I think the final set piece I didn't think was anything to write home about the when they're on the embassy. Actually, grounds. and you know what that that felt weaker than other moments of tension in the film for sure. Yeah, but the second set piece, you know, when she and she escapes down the uh, the garbage chute. Yeah, you know stuff like that. Like I I like that I like that element of they just throw her into situations. Yeah, and she has to deal with it. And and I also feel like her as a character as well. Um, she's she's a female action like character doing things and she's not always looking perfect yeah and she's not losing her she's not having to become hyper masculine no. to achieve that she's always yeah. got yeah and this is the thing and this is the difference between the american version too is that um Anne plays it very melancholy right there's this kind of sadness to her yeah whereas that's not really the american vibe that's not really Bridget Fonda's take on the character as much. Right. But I mean, this is the thing is that like with, when you're under explaining things, you have that the, the casting is so important because the yeah. actor is in, imbuing so much of what we're seeing on screen, how she looks like her looks, um, her reactions to things are giving us information because the dialogue is not giving us information. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's all in those little subtleties as well. Yeah, I also really liked how how the how the film advanced time as well. It was just effortless. It was like she gets into the facility, she's in that white room, she tries to escape and then can't. Um, and then you know, eventually, and then like training montage, and then eventually, we and then see, he shoots her. He, Bob shoots her in the legs, and he says, yeah. "I'm going to clip your wings a yeah, bit." Exactly. <laughs> Fucking hell. But then you know, eventually, the next time we see her room, it's all got graffiti and stuff. So clearly, like, we've advanced a few months, whatever it was. No, it was, it was two weeks or something or a week. And then, you know, and then eventually she learns that she doesn't have long. She needs to straighten up and fly right. And and then the next time we see her, she's totally different haircut, like, and we know that, yeah, two years have passed. And then, you know, she meets the guy and we know it's six months have passed in the relationship. Like, it just, it didn't feel like, it impeded the story in any way that these things were happening. Yeah, they just make huge jumps in time. And actually that's one of the few things that is explained in the dialogue Yeah, is they just go, oh, it's, you know, today is my 20th birthday. And then the next time, oh, it's my 23rd birthday, you know? Yeah. And it's like they just, that that is one of the few things that's explained in dialogue. <laughs> but I, And I think but maybe. They, but there's no signifier other than the words. Yeah. And I think maybe because in a film that is so underexplained, that stuff doesn't feel excessive. Mm. It's just like, okay, cool, good. I know where we are now and they just move on. Possibly the only other thing that just didn't work for me that much is there's maybe just a little bit, just not enough plot. But this is, yeah. this, is what, this is what we've been talking about is it would cease to be, it would, it would lose that Europeanness if it was too plot heavy. Well, see, the, the role of Jean Reno as the cleaner felt ambiguous to me. Like I wasn't really sure what his aim was. It's like, okay, so they're calling him the cleaner because the operation's botched. The cleaners, but it, how botched was it? I mean, that's the thing. exactly. It wasn't and that then botched. He just fucks shit up more. Well, yeah, and then so so he kills everyone, including the guy who was supposed to look like the dude from the embassy. Yeah. So but just then, to ex, just to, exp, to to explain it. Yeah. So they're so they're trying to do a switcheroo with like an agent who made to look like 
I don't know. The, I think it's, 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 it's some embassy. Yeah, it's I'm never. Gonna, yeah, well, again, it's not. It's literally no, not no. explained. Um, we don't Trump, know what this other embassy is. Apparently, he has the keys to the safe in his in his on him at all times. So they're going to switch him out. Get get there. A lookalike. Lookalike into the embassy. Get the stuff and get out. And so what happens is is a code name gets changed or something, and so her bosses say we're sending in the cleaner. He kills everyone except her. And then she goes in undercover to get the stuff, but then he just goes off the rails again anyway. It just, it was really bizarre. Like why, why did that, yeah, there's no, I don't quite get why he needed to do that, why he needed to be in it. Yeah, and again, like this, this but this is, I think this is what I'm saying. This, this, is, this is an element of style over substance. Right. Is that there just wasn't, there's not enough of a plot there. And so- stylistically what he did was really cool like well because yeah. the thing is like i mean that the way he kills people is cool <laughs> and then he then he what he gets like five or six shots to the chest gets in the car drives it through a brick wall and then he dies yeah oh the, oh, the other thing too is that like one of the bodyguards that he dispensed or one of the people in the apartment when jean renault comes in he mm. puts he's putting he's gonna put him into the bathtub and put chloroph or like that's right. Yeah, acid, acid on him. Yeah. But one of the guys isn't dead and he's like, oh, you haven't killed him. <laughs> it was, that was actually real. It's kind of funny. It's kind of macabre sort of way. Yeah, and he's writhing in the bathtub like a fish out of water. <laughs> it's just, it was, but it's, oh. more, it's more like his, 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 his line reading is like surprise, like, oh, he is not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like that. You didn't have to do the accent, but you did, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, you know, this is, this is the tradition in, in America is that we don't actually say the foreign language. We just have the person speak in an accent and that denotes they're speaking a foreign language. Right, yes. So, so I mean, speaking of foreign languages, the, the, the cultural context of the film, we've already kind of mentioned how uh, Luc Besson wanted it to be in regular theatres, but it was only really released in art house theatres in, in, in the America, States. In the States. But how how big was this film? This was generally? a big hit. Yeah, this yeah. Is like is this is this was a you know for for a French language film it did well in Europe uh, and in um, in England and in the in the US it, it definitely made money. I mean this yeah. is this opened doors for him and the fact that it that the property has been I mean this is I guess part of the cultural context the yeah. property has been spun off three times to date. Well, so there's uh no four. Oh, well, it's been used four times, I think, because there's the, been there's so, been the Hong Kong film. Oh, the okay. Film yep. in Hong Kong. There was, of course, the film with Bridget Fonda, and then we've had two TV series. Okay, yep, yeah. I, I, I was not picking up. I didn't realize the Hong Kong one. Yeah. So, and that I find that fascinating because usually it's Hollywood ripping off films from from Asia, <laughs> like yes. you know, the The Departed is the classic example. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a fascinating little tidbit that. That it went that way. I've never watched the TV series. Have you seen any of them? I remember the the Canadian one. It used to play on the USA Network. It was it was actually quite popular. Right. It was. It came out several years after the movie, though. Like I think I'm going to say 1997. So this is the Canadian the, series. Yeah, it was Canadian American. I mean, it was yeah. st- starring with an Australian star, Peter yeah, Wilson, right. was Australian. Although she performs in. Um, American voice, uh, late late 90s. Yeah, late 90s. That's yeah. about right. Yep. Um, it was it was. I mean, look, it was a it was a cable hit in the days when there was no such thing as a cable hit. 
Right. And when, when that when that was a unique term, it was, but it was definitely marketed as being much sexier because USA Network had like that and silk stockings and a few other kind of more sexy uh, action. Right. That's the only thing that they could really have going for them at the time. Like yep. there's these more kind of lurid um, um, action sort of well it wasn't series. in the days when tv had a significant budget to do something like that would be like on an action scale super impressive sort of i mean this is this this these types of shows the the usa shows that i remember and this was this was the show was originally on the usa network were more more in the sort of sexy kind of red shoe diaries um tale of two cities kind of thing right. like yeah. silk stockings was like Another one of those type of shows, but they 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 def- they had action elements to it, but they were more about intrigue and whatnot. Um, and yeah. it was, but it was it was it was hit, yeah. Oh, and then yeah, there was a Nikita series more recently, into the star two thousand ten to two thousand thirteen with Maggie Q. Yeah, um, yeah, but, but yeah, this I mean this this is I mean it's for a property for a French property to be yeah. spawn four different. Re- spin-offs material is quite impressive and i think probably the reason why it's resonated so well is because of this strong female character character that's at the center of it sure and it's always a junkie turned assassin which is interesting this is like right. and i think we have to think back to 1990 you know this had been very unique at the time yep yeah you wouldn't i mean what yeah you wouldn't really have a story like a positive story center around someone who's been on who's been on drugs especially then yeah, it's it. I mean, it's it's now what we sort of think of it as like, oh yeah, this is a much more plausible story now. Like, yeah. oh, we'll we'll take this person, you know, who's and clean a, him up and clean. Yeah, it's essentially a sort of sort of a variation on the dirty dozen trope of uh, or inglorious bastards type thing. You know, when yeah. you take the the criminals, you know, you were giving you we're giving you another shot, you know, at redemption. But the thing is interesting in this film, there is no redemption. Like. She's yeah, of course. a junkie. There's, there's no end game. There's it's that's just supposed to be it. Well, I guess the end game is is that she just totally escapes, and um and hopes that Bob is never able to contact her ever again. Mm, that's it. Yeah, the, but there's no. Yeah, the, it just sort of ends. And mm. again, you know, in that sort of you know wistful way. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's probably worth mentioning. Well, I guess it it is very much at the center of the film. It's called the woman Nikita. The fact that this woman is yeah like she she isn't ever really i mean she's sexualized at a at a point but it seems to be because it's about her job it's when she goes upstairs in the um in that warehouse and that woman tells her what she needs to do it's because that's the nature of her job it's not the film going let's make her sexy and and make it more appealing to to the people watching at home it's like no to be an assassin these are the these are the the boxes you need to tick yeah, and the jobs again. This is part of the underexplaining, but the jobs are never really explained. Like when no. she goes and delivers, she has, so one of the jobs that she gets called in to do is to be <laughs> the room service woman to deliver some poison. We're assuming no, they were bugs. I think they were, oh, they were bugs. Like okay. uh, yeah, so they could listen in on what was happening in the in the room because like the guy was rigging. That was an interesting little scene. Like the guy was just rigging this tray of I think it was tea, <laughs> like all these different little bugs to listen in on what was going on. Yeah, but that's never explained, and she never goes back to finish. But that's not a violent job. She but, just has to deliver it. And I think the important thing to note is that she doesn't know what's going on with it either. So it's not only the audience that has no idea what these jobs are, but she clearly doesn't, 
have any clue. She doesn't know who she's killing or why at any point. She's Yeah, and so there's another scene where, and this is actually in the Bridget Fonda remake as well that I definitely remember, is the scene of her shooting somebody with the silenced uh, sniper gun mm. and going, who do I kill? Who do I kill? You know, that's, yeah. So this, the scene is they go to Bob, uh, Uncle Uncle Bob comes to visit and gives yep. her two tickets to Venice and, mm. and her boyfriend thinks they're going on a holiday, a romantic holiday, but little does he know in the hotel room that they get set up in is a sniper rifle that she has to assemble yeah. and then <laughs> shoot somebody on a Venetian gondola. Yeah. So, and, and, but she doesn't know who the target is. She's on the, she's on the comm link to the, but it sounds like they don't know who the target is either, which is interesting. That's, and that's really fascinating to me is that they go, Oh, it hasn't been confirmed yet. It hasn't been confirmed yet, which I feel like if you spend enough time thinking about that kind of situation, it seems less and less plausible. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, like the other possibility is, is the kind of the, the end game is it's all on a need to know basis. Like, yep they're keeping the the relay person in the dark as well so that he can't right. talk in case something happens. I mean, look, this is, I mean, we're speculating here, but this is yeah. part of the, this is the thing that sets this film apart from general American action movies where things are way over-explained. Yes, yeah. So the fact that she doesn't know who she's meant to kill until, you know, it's like, it's almost too late. And yeah. then has to dump the as her boyfriend is on the other side of the of the wall yes. confessing his love to her <laughs> and she's on the comm link you know trying to figure out who she's gonna murder yeah but these are this is but this is i mean maybe and maybe this is essentially a kind of <laughs> we're getting a bit deep here but kind of a metaphor for womanhood you know she's just thrown into these situations and expected to deal with it you know, yeah she's right. thrown into these you know what would be considered stereotypically male environments and going, okay, deal with it now. Yeah. You know, while juggling, having to juggle everything else in her life. Like she's having to juggle her. I mean, it's kind of only really her relationship because he doesn't have a job. Like, no. Uh, well, well, it's revealed through the dialogue that her boyfriend knows, you know, I know you don't go to work at, I know, I know you don't go to that hospital. Like, yeah, right. She's, yeah. she's set up her identity as she's a nurse who works at a hospital, but she never but, goes. Yeah. But no, but I, yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's really impressive that, yeah, this, this character in this kind of film made, you know, 27 years ago um, and has clearly resonated for for, the, for those reasons. It's like you want a strong female character in an action, in an action setting, this is it. Yeah. And the other, the other thing too is that, uh, I, mean, I mean, as far as like the, the cultural context, I don't really know that there were any other movies like this around at the time. Right. I mean, I just, I mean, I don't think... Like to, to have an action film like that that is... It it yeah it's it's as to have an action film like that that isn't a popcorn film as well is 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 that unique to a film of this time? I think, think? So, yeah. I mean, but, but we have to, I think we have to take Luke Besson's word is that he d- it is designed for him in his mind it mm. is a popcorn movie. Yeah, right. He right. he wants this to be a popcorn movie. Yeah, and I guess you know over time you know we have you know c- cinema taste has changed and something like this which is a bit more understated is you seen we've seen much more of that now. I don't think you could make this movie now. Really? No, because well look how it there's no there's how does it end? Like it You know what? I would love to see Atomic Blonde purely because I feel like it would be in a similar vein. Well that's what I mean. Like this like the Atomic Blonde is made now. Yeah. And a film like hmm, I'm trying to think whatever. Um 
Good example, Sylvia Hoax in the new Blade Runner film, super mm. strong, kick-ass female character. Yep. Um, I'm trying to, I mean, uh, there's, uh, there's others that are just not coming to mind at the moment, but I think in 1990, this would have stood out. Right. And well, this is potentially think, why it did stand out. I was going to say, I think, I think the reason you couldn't make this film today is because it, you know, without this film, like, it, it, it definitely would have changed what people thought was possible on the silver screen. I think you couldn't tell this same story now. It's the, the, if, if you, di- you couldn't do an American remake in the same way anymore. It's, right. it's, too, it's too simple now. Yeah, the okay. ta- and, and the other thing, too, is the way in which cinema has moved towards spectacle yep. is it's too understated now. Okay. I, I think if you did make it now, it would be, it would be an art house film. It would have yep. to be an art house film. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Because I'm just trying to, I'm going quickly through my brain and trying to think of like any of those films that try and assume, yeah, spectacle for, for story and character, and especially in this genre. Nothing's really coming to mind. I have not seen Atomic Blonde. But neither. I mean, a lot I, of those. But I feel like, yeah, <laughs> this is so bad for us to be going on about it. But well, something I like feel Salt, like it's a good a like close thing. Angelina Jolie movies like Salt or yeah. Tomb Raider. Like there's a there's a there's more. I don't think Salt and Tomb Raider could be mentioned. Salt is very different to Tomb Raider, isn't it? Yeah, but Salt is she's she's a secret agent. Yeah. And it's there's a much higher level of sophistication in terms of like the plot and like who she's working for. Like, has she been right. working for someone else? Or is like Tomb Raider is just a terrible video game adaptation? <laughs> whoa, whoa! <laughs> Speaking of which, they got the new one coming out soon. So anyway, yeah. see how that goes. But um, Laura Croft, Womb Raider, no. it's Lara Croft. <laughs> oh, Get it right. I don't like those movies. <laughs> there's no reason why you should. <laughs> so in terms of like. We mentioned it earlier a bit, like how this film was made. That opening scene, like, yeah, it, it set up an expectation for me that wasn't met throughout the rest of the film. I mean, the rest of the film still looked great, like, but the fact that it was all conventionally lit um, was kind of disappointing. It felt like he had planned the opening scene as a pitch to get the film made, did that, and then just shot the rest of the film the way he shot it. Like, he right. just... You know, like it was like six months spent on scene one and then two months spent on planning the rest of the film. It's, I think it's well-directed. I mean, yeah. this is a segueing into filmmaking process, but I think it's well-directed in the sense that like he moves the camera in a really interesting way. He moves like in the scene, especially the scene where um, where Nikita meets Bob for the first time and mm. she's in that white room, the way he comes and sits down at the desk, then moves the desk over to her. Yeah. The, the, he he's using the space in a more interesting way than just you know over the shoulder shots or he comes in you mm. know blah 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 you know he's he's moving actors around scenes in dialogue scenes that is more interesting than I mean that's really the only kind of scene that really extendedly plays out between them yeah aside from that I'm trying to think maybe yeah there's not a lot of like those long single location scenes. That's the main one that comes to mind. Yeah, no, actually, otherwise they're they're probably a bit shorter. But that I mean, like that that was a longer scene. It needed to be a longer scene, and yeah. it was interesting the way that they that he played with the space and moved moved, you know, not just the actors around, but the furniture around. Because she doesn't actually doesn't even move in that scene. She's no, on she the stays bed. On the bed the whole time. And he he's the one who moves around and moves the table and moves the chairs. And how we see the space is. 
you know, how he changes the camera angles and stuff like that. That was interesting. And then the other thing too is when he comes back in, she smashes the chair over his head and, you know, tries to get him and out. And tries to bust out, yeah. But he figures, I mean, he's like one step ahead of her, so he leaves the chamber empty on the gun. But that's interesting. She tries to kill herself. She, in that that's scene. That's right. She was, she was ready to do it. She's clear. She's clearly at rock bottom even before they've taken, before she, yeah, got arrested. So, I mean, like that's, I mean, that's, and, and this is the thing that actually I think, you know, and this is as far as like the, this is in the direction. I mean, obviously he wrote the script too, mm. but every, almost everything we learn about Nikita, we learn about through her actions, right. not through her dialogue. Aside from like the fact that you said, she said, I have a mother. Mm. You know, so we, but we learn she's not very happy with her life. She wants to, so she tries to shoot herself when the chamber and the gun is empty. Um, she liked the way she opens the present. You know, she's very excited about the present, you know, and then it turns out to be the gun that she has yeah. to kill somebody with. Um, when she's in the supermarket for the first time, um, she follows the woman around. And uh, just to see if she does. Yeah, and takes yeah. everything that she, she, you know, so the scene is the first time she gets, when she gets out of the facility permanently, um, she follows a woman around the supermarket and mm. the woman picks one thing off the can off the shelf. She takes five. Yeah. You know, because she's just excited to be able to do it. And so, but she doesn't know how to live because no. she's been a junkie before. She was a teenage junkie before that. So she's, but so she's, we're seeing everything through action and not through dialogue. Yeah. Um, when she's, um, cleans up her apartment, you know, we, we see it go from the scungy place to it's now painted. So we learn, okay, she does care about her environment. When, when she likes yeah. the guy at the checkout register, it's, it's all, th it's through action. It's the storytelling, yeah, through everything but dialogue, which is what really sets this film apart and makes it amazing. When she, um, when they go, when the cops are asking her what her name is, she, and, you know, she goes, Nikita, and goes, give me a pen. She slams it through the That's guy's <laughs> hand, you know? <laughs> when they sentence her to 30 years, she go, all oh, she's like, you motherfuckers, and, you know, yeah. and she kicks and screams and, you know, it takes like eight guys to subdue her. Yeah, exactly. Um, trying to think about it. Yeah, biting the, the Taekwondo instructor's ear, you know, like. Yep, slapping him in the face and yeah. All this type of stuff. It's all through action and not through dialogue. Yep. Um, other, yeah. Yeah. But even uh, when like she invites him out, she invites that guy over. That I can't remember his name. No. This is this is an interesting reversal yes. on the. Uh, <laughs> but isn't it? Isn't the it man is the prop. He's isn't totally refreshing. But yeah, he's totally a prop. Oh, totally. Without without a shadow of a doubt. And there's also a little bit of a triangle there between her, the boyfriend, and Bob. Like, well, she kisses Bob before she leaves. Yeah. And he's Bob, but again, very understated. It's yeah. never said, it's never obliquely said that Bob is, has a crush on her. It's just the way he behaves around her. Well, their relation, it's this weird, it straddles like a father-daughter relationship and also straddle the, the interesting and choice then of word. it feels like he yeah he wants to straddle her at a certain point as well like it's kind of weird in that way but you know when she when she invites i think it's marco i don't Could know it doesn't matter i don't <laughs> ambiguous male I, refreshingly yeah. i do not give a shit <laughs> and yeah like she just she just stops eating her ravioli at a certain point and then goes to kiss him like, yeah. I, I think she may he may say something to her first but she actually doesn't say anything yeah, all it's all it's all through action. But I think it's just yeah, apart from the stuff with the opening scene, there's nothing that I would really take like pick apart out of how the film was made. I mean, the soundtrack is very much a product of its time. 
trying to remember. Sparse. It's quite sparse. Oh, there's techno it's, kind of. It's 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 very synthesized and it's really like Phil Collins Genesis esque. <laughs> That's kind of what it what it reminds me of. Yeah, it's, it's sparse because again, uh, yeah, I don't. Re- it didn't stick out to me. Right. There's no, no I, more- I definitely noticed. Like from the first, oh, I think yeah, no, I think it's in the first shot. The the there's a there's a theme that's used heavily throughout the film. Uh, see, and, I didn't even um, I didn't pick up on the the theme coming back either. Yeah, right. Because yeah. yeah, like it, it's it, it it obviously feels like a film that was made you know in the late eighties, early nineties, and so it it feels a part of that. It didn't stick out to me or distract me from. There's sometimes those eighties soundtracks can really distract me from yeah. the from the action. This didn't. I think yeah, like. Commando was probably one where it yeah, was particularly yeah. bad, whereas this one here, it suits the film for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, this, yeah, it's, it's a very different action film. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's not the kind of film that you sit down and turn your brain off. Wow. Luke Pesson would agree. He would disagree. This is, what, this is what's interesting to me, though, is that he, yeah, if, if he's saying, like, I want, he's saying, like, this is not meant, this is not a... Well, if that's movie. what he wants. I'm. I entirely disagree. You're with not him. buying it. Okay. No. Well, how about well, what about Fifth Element? Like, is a Fifth Element to turn your brain off movie? Oh, I need to watch it again. I have. I have actually watched some or most of it recently. It can't. You know what? The the difference between this and Fifth Element is Fifth Element it has a lot more energy to it, whereas this this is, has a very low energy level. Like, you really need to engage. Whereas with the Fifth Element. It just flies at you. Like you don't, you don't need to put your own energy in it to keep in to to keep up with it. That's not, and that's not a black mark against Nikita. It's just that's just the nature of the film. Agreed. Whereas the fifth element is huge. There is so much going on. Like he he has developed this this entirely new sort of futuristic view of of, of Earth. Yeah, it's a visual feast. It's yeah. it's on par with like you know the Blade Runner movies or something like that. Or I'm trying to think, or Valerian potentially. Well, yeah, and 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 yeah, I, like Valerian looks like that times a thousand. So, I, yeah, that's I guess maybe that's what I'm getting at is that there's the the film's pretty sparse, so you really need to to pay attention to what's happening. Yeah, it's very stri- well, it's very stripped back in a lot of ways. Yeah, and yeah, it, I, I mean, I mean, I guess we can't really watch it for the film because Big Blue, but his 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 other his the pre the pre the previous film he made that was really his calling card to mm. the big time yep it's not an action movie but it would be interesting to see that to see if does is that movie as sparse as well or yeah, right because yeah i mean because leon the professional is sparse in a lot yeah, of ways as from, well from memory it's been a while since i've seen it but um, um I, yeah I, I definitely think it is but there's not much in between like so he goes from la femme nikita to his next, his next film, so that's 1990. His next film is actually Leon the Professional. Oh, right. And then the one after that, well, this is the ones he's directed. I'm only, yeah, I'm only okay. looking at the ones he's directed. I'm not, because if we go to the, what he's produced and written, that's an endless list. And then after Leon is The Fifth Element, and then he goes from that to the Joan of Arc story. And then it gets kind of, uh, it's Arthur, like those, those cartoons. He does, he goes he to did an animated film. <laughs> animated. Yeah. So it goes from hit woman and hit men to... Yeah, so Luke Besson's a guy who actually, he didn't want to be a filmmaker when he was a kid. He, uh, his parents were scuba diving instructors and then he wanted to be a marine biologist, but he had a diving accident which prevented him from being able to dive ever again. So he then kind of 
fell into filmmaking. And obviously he also explains why his first film is all about a bunch of divers. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, there you go. But um, yeah, so I feel like for him, like filmmaking seems to be this thing of just sort of exploring things that he enjoys, which, you know, and Valerian's an example of that because that's a, a French comic that, um, that, yeah, it was very, obviously very big in France. Um, and I think he was a massive fan of as a kid as well. Yep. Potentially, I don't know. So, Josh, what do you give this film? 30 out of 52 ravioli cans. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to give it 6 out of 8 body dissolving bottles of acid. On the wall, bottles of dissolving bodily acid on the wall. <laughs> Take one down, dissolve a half dead guy in it. 5 out of 8 bottles of body dissolving acid on the wall. This has been Too <laughs> Old for This Shit. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. I'm actually waving at the microphone. Stop it. And finally, there's social media plug. Like us on Facebook at TOFTS Podcast and follow us on Twitter at TOFTS Podcast to stay up to date and send us any movie review suggestions. Make sure you also subscribe on your podcasting app of choice and leave us a review. It helps. It really does. I was going to give it, I was going to give it six out of eight bottles of uh, body dissolving we'll just start acid. That, start that again. I was going to give it six out of eight body dissolving. Fuck. I was going to give it six out of eight. <laughs> I can't fucking do oh, this. God, it's like watching it. What is wrong? Car rapid slow motion. I can't think of anything redeeming about it. <laughs> Cut. I was going to try and save myself. <laughs> Oh, someone take the shovel away from me.